This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the best social media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. She's so confident there's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top producer, it's superstar, Penny O'Brien. Before we get to Penny, I just want to remind everyone to continually tell a friend about our show. We are always looking for new listeners. There are 1.7 million real estate agents in the United States, right? We don't have all of them. They're not all listening to our show, and we don't need all of them to listen, but we could always use one more. So just think of one other agent that is struggling or somebody that just wants to get to that next level and could really benefit from hearing from top producers like Penny about how to take their business forward and send them a link. The easiest way to do that, send them over to our our website. We just rebuilt it. It's super easy. I think it looks good. Of course, I built it, so I think that, but it actually is really functional and easy to navigate. So Visit us at keepingitrealpod.com. And also, guys, find us and follow us on Facebook. Uh, our website, or sorry, the, the URL for that is facebook.com forward slash keeping it real. Or just search for keeping it real podcast in Facebook. We pop right up. Um, but what we do on there is we not only post all of the episodes we do, but we actually post the videos there as well, along with an article that we find every single day designed uh, that was that was written designed to help you grow your business. So follow us again on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now on to our interview with the great Penny O'Brien. <laughs> Okay, today on the show, we have Penny O'Brien from Baird and Warner. Now, Penny has been a real estate broker for seven years, and she is with Baird and Warner, which is the number one office in Naperville, which is a suburb of Chicago. It's actually one of the biggest cities in all of Illinois, um, but, but they're the number one office in one of the biggest cities in Illinois in both sales and listings. And last year, 2019, she was in the top 1% out of all the Baird and Warner agents. And Baird and Warner is one of the biggest real estate companies in uh, here in the Chicagoland area. They have 24 400 agents. Now, her sales have increased uh, on average by 25% every single year since she started. And she consistently ranks as one of the top five realtors in her market, which is Naperville, and a top 1% producer in the entire Chicagoland market. And by the way, we have 44,000 agents in Chicago. So this is a very, very big deal. Um, Now, Penny feels that she is still a newer agent. Although in the last two years, she has sold over 60 homes a year, which is absolutely incredible. And she is on target to do the same this year. 
her success has been rapid and she attributes that to her work ethic and marketing. Um, I want everyone to follow Penny. You can find her on Instagram, which is Penny O'Brien, which is O-B-R-I-E-N underscore B-W Realtor. B-W is for Baird Warner. So Penny O'Brien underscore B-W Realtor. And we'll post links to all your social uh, as well and find her on Facebook too. Penny, welcome to the show. Hi, it's nice to be here. It, it, is, it is nice to, to have you and we're, we're super excited and your, your growth tra- and trajectory has been really, really impressive and our audience is very excited to hear uh, about how you got to where, where you are. But I always like to start back at the beginning, right? So you've been doing this seven years and to, for, any, for anyone at any length of, of time in this industry, whether you're 20 years in the business or seven years, to do 60 home sales a year is absolutely in, in incredible. Um, but let's start at the very beginning. So how did you get into real estate? Why did you get into real estate? You know, tell, us, tell us all about it. Well, it's so interesting I'm doing this today because in two days is my seventh anniversary of hanging my license somewhere. So very appropriate. Um, I worked for Procter & Gamble for 10 years. I was a sales rep. And they were literally getting rid of my whole division. They, they were outsourcing it to, to another company. And I didn't want to do that. Um, I have a really good friend that's a realtor back from where I am from back home. And sure. it just always seemed interesting. And everyone always said I'd be good at it. You know, everyone says, you should try real estate. And I was like, well, if I'm ever going to do anything new, I might as well do it now when I'm in between careers, jobs, whatever. Um, were you originally from the Cincinnati area? Is that where you were at P&G or... Oh, no, I'm from the Quad Cities, actually, so two hours Ah, west from here. I am a farm girl, which I love telling people that because they never believe it, which I like. I went to I went to school um, near Cincinnati for college a million years ago, and like so, because P and G is right there um, near where I went to school. So many friends of mine went. To, and I you know I just always associate P and G with Cincinnati. But uh, so you so you you're from the Quad Cities, um, and and how did how did you even get how did you get to uh, to Naperville? Oh, roundabout story. Um, once upon a time, I worked for the Limited, also out of Columbus, Ohio. And I was a district manager for them in Texas and Oklahoma. I had three states. I also had Arkansas. Isn't that crazy? Um, And then at one point, um, I moved my husband and I to Texas with my job. And then we had started having kids. Then we moved to Connecticut, Georgia. I've lived in Iowa and Missouri also. And his job brought us his job brought us back to Naperville. Yeah. So I do understand people that are getting relocated and what, you know, makes them anxious about it and scared. So, and of course I fell in love with Naperville. We were here on a Labor Day weekend and it was all closed down for last fling. And, you know, they had the streets blocked off and I was just with a realtor and I I just looked and there was rides and I was like, I gotta live here. You know, we went to other downtowns too. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna live here where there's a fair on Labor Day weekend. And they, do they still, so the big thing for our listeners in Naperville, one of the big events that would get people from the city out there as well is they have a a rib fest. Although I've heard, are they not doing that anymore? Is that gone or does that still happen? It got moved, well, it got moved to Romeoville and I think this was the first year it was supposed to be moved, but of course we all all know this. Yeah, probably no, no rib event this year. Yeah, yeah, this Um, this year, yeah. So I'm sorry, I completely interrupted your story. I apologize. So, so you, you had a more traditional corporate job um, and then you, you moved to Naperville and finally settled, it sounds like. And then, uh, and then just and then what they, made you decide? They got rid of, yeah, they got rid of my division. Well, I was, I was going to be out of a job or go yeah. with a third party and I didn't want to, third party company. And so then I just thought, well, heck, you know, it's a good chance to change, completely change. And I, and I took the classes and got my real estate license. Wow. 
and 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 here you are. So when you first started, and by the way, you chose obviously one of the one of the best firms, I believe, in my personal opinion, uh, in the Chicagoland area. Baird and Warner is, is really incredible. They're for everyone listening. They're not a franchise. They're a local Chicago company, which is which is really neat. And the other big firm is also a local Chicago company. So the franchises actually struggle a bit here in in the Chicagoland area. But you work for a great great firm. Um, and you know when you first started. Um, a lot of times, you know, for example, my girlfriend is about to get her broker license and she is right now interviewing at different firms. She'll probably be talking to Baird and Warner as well and trying to figure out the best fit for her. Um, but when you first started, how did you go about starting your business? Did you already have clients lined up or did you really start from scratch with like a lot of so many others? Um, I started from scratch and it is funny. Obviously I live in a neighborhood, so I do have a sphere of friends. I have friends. Um, But I did start from scratch and it's so funny when I started, I didn't want anybody to know I was doing real estate just in case I wasn't, wasn't successful, you know, (laughs) I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to tell anybody. And then, you know, and then I just, the first year, the first year and a half, like I, when people are new, I tell them it takes at least a year and a half, two years to really get going. But you got, you can't be afraid to do anything. The one, you know, when someone starts, you can kind of tell who's going to be successful and who isn't going to be successful. And I also um, did a lot of recruiting for my previous career, limited recruited people. And you can always tell who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. They sure. can't be afraid to do the, the grunt work, the open houses, which, yeah. you know, were invaluable to me the first couple of years. They need to market themselves. You need to spend money to make money. Um, but you got to be, you, you also, you know, if you find, if you have mentors and they want to hand you something that they, they don't have time to do, possibly a rental or anything little like that, sure. then you need to step up and do whatever it is, you know, and the, the agents that start and they say, well, that's really not a convenient time for me, or I don't really <laughs> want to do that. Sure. You're like, mm, yep, I know. Well, <laughs> I know it's going to happen. You know, right. so you got to be willing to do that. Even this year, it's crazy. From my first year I started, um, one of my first five transactions, I'm currently having three transactions with that person this wow. year. Wow. Three this, this year. Is this and an investor my, or? No, it's somebody that I helped them buy something. I sold um, their their father's property this year. They And then they're selling the small thing. I sold them and moving into a bigger home. So wow. that's three transactions from one of the first five transactions I ever had. You know, so you, it just all, and then I, I'm currently realist in a house. I think I'm going to end up having about 10 transactions from, from my very first, first or second year, you know, it's incredible. So it is. And it, it, if you did a good job for it, for them and you liked each other, I do always say that um, real estate's a personality driven business. Like uh, most real, most real estate agents are very outgoing and, and talk a lot. Um, but if people like you, then they're, they're, they won't look for another agent. If they had a good experience, they'll just say, hey, let's call our real estate agent and we need to relist that. Yeah, they currently have three things relisted that I sold to them. Wow, we were, I was on, I did an episode yesterday with Facebook. So Facebook has a real estate team. And so they come on our show once a month, talk about um, what, some of the data that they have. And they had this great statistic, which I'm sure will be no surprise to you, which is really basically what you just said. And this isn't even a referral statistic. This is a brand new buyer or seller that maybe they move to an area where they don't know any realtors, or they just live in an area and they don't know any realtors. But they only 50% of all buyers and sellers only talk to one real estate agent. 
and um, which which makes perfect sense, really, um, and because it is do such you know, a personality. Do you know driven. that Zillow says it's eighty five percent only talks to one, and ninety five percent talk to two. So like five percent talks to three or four, and that, yeah. that's funny too because when I go to a listing appointment and I say, "Well, are you talking to other agents?" Because you know I think they should just go with me, you know, sure. and so they go, oh yeah, we're talking to, you know, six agents. I'm like, do you know what Zillow says? Blah, 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 blah. Because I'm like, you know, and can you imagine doing that four times? I mean, well, yeah. it's painful. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing too, is, is, you know, you ultimately, anyone who's a service provider in my life, I just want one really good person and I'm just going to stay with them forever unless they really screw up. So that's, and that, you know, we have, we have lots of brokers at our firm as well. And we're always telling them, take such good care of your clients, because if you do, they are almost guaranteed to never look elsewhere. But if you don't, uh, and, or, or after the transaction, if you don't stay in touch, you know, the more obvious sort of customer service things that I'm sure, you know, when you worked uh, for limited, I'm sure that's, a, that's an entirely customer service driven business. Um, you know, and I imagine those skill sets probably really transferred over, uh, to, to real estate. Yeah. Well, I've always been in sales. So when, you know, once you can sell one thing, you can sell anything. This is just a lot more fun. It's a lot more in, intense than I thought it would be. And it's, a, yeah. it's way more hours than I thought it would be. You know, just when you think you're done for the day, someone else wants to go see something that happened to me all last weekend. It's just, sometimes I say, I can't come up for air. And then, you know, when I do hit the pillow at night, it's hard. <laughs> I, yeah. When I come home at my poor husband, because I'm like, I can't talk anymore. <laughs> I just can't talk. Well, right. we had a horrible rain. We've had a lot of rain, but on a Friday, two Fridays ago or three Fridays ago, I had four buyers and I showed 14 houses. I sold my own listing in Streamwood, high in June, which is an hour from here. Yeah. And I drove home in the pouring rain and I got home at like 8.15, went through Wendy's drive-thru. I got home, well, and I got home to a garage full of people social distancing in my garage in the rain. But I'm yeah. like, I, I can't talk. I'm, I'm going in. You know? right. It was insane. It was fun. Yeah. It was a productive day. Sure. Yeah, it's funny how much of, of a realtor's day, a realtor's day is spent servicing clients. And, um, you know, if it's if you're working an eight hour day, which we know successful realtors, they laugh at that idea of only an eight hour day. But, um, but the vast majority of it is servicing clients. And then only a small percentage of it is, is really prospecting for new clients. And ultimately, you get to a point where you're not having to prospect as much. I imagine you're probably at that point now where, like you were saying, you know, some of my first clients are now coming back and I've sold them multiple properties or you know been with them through multiple transactions well and and that's the other thing like i've even surprised myself like what i've done even surprised me but i i'm, I'm a very, really hard worker and i work all the time now but it has surprised me but i just think it's a weird thing you feel like you get a bunch of things going and it's a momentum type thing yeah and then i'm very happy to mentor new agents you know some of them do open homes for me consistently and i'm give them leads and just things I can't get to. Um, but you do feel the momentum. And this year I did get a buyer's agent, I feel. And um, I do, I, she feels it too. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. she's been a realtor a lot longer than I have, but then she just feels like the calls and things that I get. And I have gotten to the point that I don't prospect anymore. But you know, the first two and three years, like I said, I just did about anything that came, that came to me, you know? 
How, how often, just because I want our listeners to really appreciate this, is that how often were you doing open houses for other agents when you weren't busy? Was it something like, was it an every weekend thing or just about every weekend or, or how often? Yeah, just every, I, I would do one every week, weekend. And I don't know that I ever, I never did, I don't, I never done, have done two in a day. I know some people when they first start, start they do like two on Saturday and two on Sunday and God bless them. I think that's awesome. I think yeah. I only did one or two a weekend to start. And then, but my most successful open house story was from February of 2015. I had two, and here's the secret about the open house. You talk to them long enough and you connect, connect and you get an appointment with them before they leave the open house. Yeah. So two people from the open house that one bought with me, one bought and sold with me. I have now had eight transactions from those people. That's incredible. Eight. From with an open house. And just everything from one open house. So, you know, eight transactions from that, from that open house. In fact, one of them contacted me this year is looking for a different house. But um, so yeah, definitely did that. And then but it, as your business grows, that I do think something very important. And I don't know which real estate coach said this, but if you, if you ha don't have an assistant, you are an assistant. And I have had my Jennifer, my assistant Jennifer, who likes to be called transaction manager when she <laughs> sure. watches this. Hi, Jennifer. Yeah. So she started with me four years ago, a little bit over four years ago. And she started at five hours a week. And now she's full time. And she also does, we've kind of created a position with her that she also does some things to my listings. And, you know, so she, we've got a whole new thing going for her, but she's went from five hours to 40. I used to share with somebody. I would never share her now ever. <laughs> so, but, it's, but she takes care of all the minutia and all the stuff that I can't get to. I would, I would never be able to do all the administrative stuff. So as an agent starts getting busy, even if you, you know, had somebody shared an assistant and had them do stuff for you for five hours, or if you're not good at marketing, have that person work on your marketing. Um, I did at first when I was afraid to let people know that I was an agent because I was worried I wouldn't be successful. I didn't, you know, I didn't do much marketing. And then I was like, hell yeah. So I market everywhere. I'm on, on paper, newsletters, uh, Naperville Magazine, Glancer Magazine. I'm the uh, industry expert, once a month blogger for Glancer Magazine, which makes me, you know, I think that makes me immediately 20 years younger than I am. So I'm a <laughs> I love it. You know, I know, right? And I, then Jennifer's always at, after me, like, you need to turn this in. You need to turn this in. So, but I'm enjoying it. I love talking and writing, so it's no problem. But um, so I like that. So just like, and every one of those things is a touch. Um, like for new agents, the pop by thing. You know, once a year, yes. I I give mums out for um, in September, and it's been a huge um, touch for me to touch every client, all my buyers. So think at every. Oh, they're getting a lovely mom with a big postcard in it. And I'm not kidding you, after I get those delivered, and I usually about four of us deliver them, um, I usually get maybe three, four pieces of business from it. Like, I think they just go, oh, I remember her. Oh, yeah, I think I yeah. need to sell something or buy something. So I do that every year. I haven't developed another pot buy, but I also do gimmicky, cheesy things like pens. Do I have a pink pen? Oh, yeah, look, I love pink. I have a pink pen with my name on it. I love it. But you know, just everywhere you every little bit of marketing that you can do. Sure. And just again, spend money to make money. You, you mentioned moms, and I think before you'd said you had, you lived in Texas for a while, though moms are huge, huge, huge in Texas around the fall. Oh, they are? 
Oh yeah, in Dallas, uh, if everyone if everyone's listening wants a wants a fun laugh, look up Homecoming Moms Dallas, and you will see what the students all do. They all drape themselves in giant moms. So anyway, I wasn't sure if if you were if you were ever lived near there, but but moms are one of those cool flowers that nobody ever buys for themselves, but um, will really appreciate. And really, really, what Penny's talking about, she mentioned the, the term pop by. For those not familiar, it's pretty pretty self explanatory, but it's really a, a term Brian Buffini kind of coined and made his own. But it has to do with dropping off little, you know, fun gifts, things of value, items of value, whether it's, you know, a mom or, or you know, uh, there's lots of lots of ideas you can do. It doesn't have to be real estate related. It can just be a cute little, hey, I'm thinking about you gift. And right now, I think, you know, if, well, we're obviously starting, well, who knows if we're going to be heading back into a more of a stay at home order or not, but it feels like we're, we're moving out of that currently. And I hope that trend continues. But back when, when we were all at home and not being able to leave, um, you know, there were, there, there, you could do care packages. There's lots of cool things you can always do. And you don't have to spend a lot of money either, but this is a perfect example. She goes out and does that and gets several pieces of business, which is of course not the reason she's doing it. She's doing it to make sure her clients feel appreciated and, and, you know, and, and thought of, but it also uns up resulting in business, which is so wonderful. Well, and, and when you do something like that, just even it's so fun for them to text you. I do, um, I send a $10 gift, a Starbucks gift card for anniversaries. And I get yeah. so many pictures of them and, you know, thank you, Penny. And, and, you know, I do do it, but they don't realize that Jennifer is really the one that's. <laughs> <But it laughs> well, gets, look, I mean, you know we all. Thing, it gets done. Yeah, you know I mean? we all we all need a team. I mean, I I, I mm -hmm. schedule uh, appointments all day. Um, I talk to realtors. My job's to recruit realtors, and I don't I don't actually schedule the appointments. Someone else does that, but it it, it gets done. Um, and that's that's the important part. And what what a great thing. And and you're talking about their home buying or selling anniversary, or like their wedding anniversary, or birthday, or well, it would be it would be no home buying. And you Got know it. what? Um, I'm not the best tech. <laughs> person, but I yeah. don't have anybody's birthday. I don't have anybody's wedding anniversary. I have yeah. their home, move in your home anniversary. And it's all, all I'm capable of keeping track of. So, sure. Well, um, but, but even so, even so the, the home buying or selling anniversary is a really good one because other people in their life are going to be celebrating those birthdays and, 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 you know, wedding anniversaries and things, which is always a good thing for a realtor to know about, but nobody's going to remember their home buying or selling anniversary, except maybe them. And they probably don't remember and nobody else other than the realtor. So what a great opportunity on a random weekday that they're probably not expecting to get a little reminder of, Hey, three years ago, I helped you buy or sell something, by the way, go have a cup of coffee on me. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like I, I actually like that. And I and again I'd like that they contact me. They send me a picture of it or there and then um I started one where I sent in gift cards when people had babies that I don't know, I think all my all my clients have too many kids. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't keep track of that. Yeah. So yeah. I try. <laughs> And we should also mention too, but when, when Penny and I were talking right before we started filming here, she was like, oh my God, I have never, ever been this busy. So I'm curious on what you attribute that to. Was it everybody was so pent up and looking around their, their home, being stuck there and going, we need something bigger. Was it a lot of that or, or other factors? What's, what's, and, and obviously we know mortgage rates are super low, under 3% right now. Things, money is so cheap, but what, what, do you, what are you attributing it to? 
Well, I just feel like it's a perfect storm. There is low inventory. I'm currently carrying around a printed copy because, yes, I'm old. I don't want to look for it on my computer. But yeah. one of the last Zillow reports from a couple of weeks ago that, the, that we're starved for inventory, we are down 22%. So wow. sellers are listing their homes. The good-looking um, homes are still getting sold. And they're getting snatched up right away because there's no inventory, which if right. it, was, it is a seller's market, and you would think it was a seller's market that the head – buyers would be hesitant because it's the seller's market and they're not going to get a deal. Well, right. they're not hesitant because the interest rates, I have somebody, yesterday, this week I was working with a kid, 2.7. I'm oh. like, of course they're not hesitant. So it's a perfect storm. The sellers are trying to sell and the buyers are trying to buy. Um, I've been on a few listing appointments where they're like, we were thinking about selling next year. And then for me, I'm talking to them like this. I'm like, don't wait till next year because we don't know what's going to happen. And currently right now it's, awesome to sell your house you know it's yeah. awesome it's a great time to live and even just think usually fourth of july it's over fourth of july that week signified 48 percent increase in homes under contract in our mls and the next wow. week this last week we ended was just about the same it's nuts out there so it's a it's a great time to sell and it's a great time to buy both yeah, it is a perfect storm, and we're very fortunate uh, to have those two things uh, colliding, um, where uh, you know buyers have have easier access to funds or, or cheaper access to funds. Sellers have more buyers that are looking at properties, so they're going to get uh, probably more top dollar than than they were a few months ago. Um, even though rates were low a few months ago too, but obviously the the market prevented a lot of people from buying and selling. Uh, and then. And then on the flip side of that, if you do have a listing isn't selling, it's not the market. So there's either a price issue or a condition issue, something they need to address. And like with the same gusto, I have to explain to them, you're not getting showings or you're not selling or whatever. So it's the same thing. Like everyone should be selling right now. It's the best market since what, 07 to sell a house? It's crazy. Yeah. What, what just this is a this is a great question or I don't know if it's a great question but it's an interesting question we get a lot on the podcast. So people will call or, or email us and say, "Hey, I make sure to ask this to your next guest that I always forget to ask." So I'm going to I want to ask you. Um if you have a seller that has a completely unrealistic expectation for pricing. Um how do you handle that? What what do you do? Do you take the listing anyway and just sort of over time get them to a more reasonable price or do you walk away or does it depend? You know what? That's so funny you say that because my mantra for 2020 for business was don't take any overpriced listings. It's not worth it. I won't be the agent that sells it. And the second right. agent always looks like a hero. Like, right. I love, you know, I just love being the second agent. Um, well, I do. I love getting listings that didn't sell and figure out why and, and sell them. But no, you know what? If you go with the information, your comparative market analysis, and you put it out there, and I don't know how other agents do this. I do try that to get them, we look at it all together, look at all the, I call it math facts. <laughs> we look at all of it and I go, so all five of these compared to your home and they're all listed at this, what do you think you should be listed at? And only once in a while do they go, well, that's what we have you here for. What do you, you tell us what it should be? And yeah. Go, okay. But, um, you know, they see what it is and they go, well, we thought we should list for 600, but now that you showed us that we do think it's 450. You know, right. so hopefully right. they'll realize that if it's, you know, I, you know, if you want to overprice it a little bit, you know, we could try it for three weeks. If you want to price it a lot of bit, um, I'm not your girl. Yeah. That's well, not it, it, you're not going to sell it. 
and and that person's going to have a negative feeling about you after they fire you and they hire someone else and it really wasn't your fault other than maybe you could say maybe it's someone's fault if they don't assert themselves and say guys this is an unrealistic expectation and i don't want to put you in a position to have to fire me um and i imagine you've had those conversations i'm sure over over the years but also as you develop you know, a really a great reputation, which you of course have, it probably makes it a lot easier to get people to listen, I would assume. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I don't like to pull that card very often. Like, sure. Do you realize, like I sold this much and I specialize and, and I promise, you know, and these are the facts. That's what cracks me up too. When you have like this math facts, they're like, nope, I still think our orange walls and brown carpet are way better than the rest of these yeah. So, so I have a question. So, so you're, you're at a, one of the biggest firms in Chicago, one of the most successful firms. Uh, they're, they're always either number one or two. So they are a great company, Baird and Warner, and they have 2,400 agents. And I know not all of them are at your particular office, but there's a lot of agents at that office too. Um, when somebody reaches out and says, Hey, Penny, you're successful. I would love to do open houses for you. Um, how easy is that for an agent to, is that something where I know I've talked to other agents in the past who say, the first time somebody asks, I say, okay, come back to me in a bit. You know, is, is that something that, uh, for example, I'm, what I want to give our listeners is an idea of if you get a no, um, maybe don't give up, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying because top producers, they want to, they want to give those, those open houses to people they know are going to work them well. Um, but I'm just curious if you have any advice for how to ask for that from agents. Well, that's so funny. I think of that a little bit different. I feel like the newer agent, the novice agent is the one that's hungrier and the work yeah. the leads that they get. They work all the leads. Even if I did my own open house, I'd work, like, let's say I had six people go through and only two seemed viable. I'm just going to concentrate on those two. Sure. Um, whereas the newer agent, will, you know, they contact everybody and yeah. send them searches and whatever. I think they're a little bit more, they're eager. So I, I love what new agents um, want to do open houses. I never have hesitancy to assign it to them. And the only thing I wish I could do a little bit more, um, I, I do have limited time. I feel like there's anything I'm pouring, it's time. So sure. I have, a, I'm kind of leaning towards not doing very many open houses at all, just because a, I need a day off if I happen to get Sunday off. Um, and or I'm showing. <clears throat> so um, I would love to do open houses with new uh, agents because I'm, well, I've been successful at them. So I would love to share a little bit more. Um, but no, I don't, I have no problem let, letting new agents do open houses because I think they're so eager. Um, so yeah. And, and then with new agents too, I, you know, I've got, gotten a pretty foolproof uh, listing presentation going. So I'd love, I don't mind going through and showing what kind of paperwork I sure. take with me and what I talk about and I have a staging book that has been turned out golden for me before and after pictures I used it this morning where I told you I just went to that listing appointment and you know it's just amazing what staging does and I believe in that so it's, anyway these are things I share with new agents somebody wants to talk and sit down and talk with me I will definitely make time you know so so all of our listeners, I want you to think about who's the most successful agents in your office. Go talk to them and ask them because Penny is a perfect example of somebody who goes, no, I love, I love her helping new agents, um, you know, with open houses and other opportunities and mentorship. So don't be afraid to reach out to the really successful agents. Yes, they're busy. Yes, they might not have time today, but you know, they, they want, you know, they were once like you, right? They started out and perfect example of, of a good reason to reach out uh, to those people in your 
office that you admire. Um, let's talk about staging because you just mentioned that. And I know that, that you know, right now I, I was going to ask you, because the market is so busy, um, is staging right now as important as it was when we had more inventory? Is it still something you recommend to uh, a majority of your sellers or is it just a case-by-case basis? Or I still recommend it and staged homes sell 76% faster. And I don't mean staging with furniture. If I get a vacant, um, I take care of the staging. I it's complimentary to my sellers. Sure. Um, I virtual stage vacants. I won't pay for furniture staging because those are like eighteen hundred out the door. If they want that, right. they can do that and sure. pay for that, and I'm fine with that. But um, I do the virtual staging for vacant, and then I we that's called a soft staging, where yeah. the stager does a consultation walkthrough and then comes back and does like a two hour putting of the you know big tabletop things and whatever. But um, I'm a certified stager, so when I walk through, if wow. we're talking about painting. Those, I'll tell you what, dated curtains, take those suckers down because that's one thing that just you know, dates the house. And, and painted, dated, dated paint colors. It's not yeah. green, red, and gold anymore. But if they're right. going to paint, you're like, when you, take, you know, when you paint, take down those curtains. So I get it like a clean slate for the stager. She comes through and then she comes back with all these big things. So it's not for living in your house. It's for staging your home for sale. Right. Current art, not you're not a Thomas Kincaid. You know what I mean? Just switching right. that stuff out, it makes a huge difference. I still believe in it. But what you were just saying about how everything's selling so fast, the stage is so necessary. Um, case in point, you know, you, uh, agents always have a, a story. So right. I just I just relisted a home that had been off and on the market for four years. Wow. Um, it, ne- it needed staged very desperately. It sounds um, like it. Because it just made it more current. Sure. And I listed it last week. We've had... And we dropped the price by four thousand dollars. That's so it. I didn't hardly change. Just the price four thousand. Mm-hmm. So far, wow. you know, we're testing it, but we but we stage it. Looks awesome. So we've had several showings this last week. Let's say ten or twelve, because that's the market we're in. And I just got a a, a text from an agent that he's submitting an offer. So wow. so to me, that will be the testament of how staging works. But yeah. what you're talking about, do we really need to do this stuff because the market's so busy? What you really need, don't always need to do because the market's so busy. Like there's a huge trend of paint and trim white in a house or the cap, kitchen cabinets white. Well, if you have a great home, it's in perfect condition and it's got stained everything. I would go ahead and stage it and put it on the market. But if I talked to you in January, if I talked to you last year, I'd say, we need to paint the trim white. Right now, time is of the essence. You need to get the house on the market because the, the market's insane. You know what I mean? Sure. So you, the things that you could do quickly to get it ready, and staging would still be one of them, but you might get painting all the trim white and kitchen cabinets white because it's more important to get it on the market. Right. There's a race, there's a race to the market there's at this race. point. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. It's a frenzy. Wow. Well, I think that is a perfect place to, to start to wrap up. I, I want to say, and this, I mean this very sincerely, it's going to sound like I'm not saying, I'm not uh, fully honest about this, but I am actually honest. I was thinking, now I have a real estate license. So I want our listeners to understand the context here. I have a real estate license, same one Penny has. I don't practice real estate, but if I was going to be purchasing or selling a home in Naperville, I could technically do that myself. I would not do that myself. I would hire her, assuming she was, could take me as a client, because I want, I want somebody who's the best. And, and Penny is, 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 a, is a rising star. She's already arrived, but she's continually rising in the Naperville and surrounding areas market of the Western suburbs of Chicago. 
Chicago. Um, so I want to make sure anyone who's listening, who's looking for an agent, uh, you know, who specializes in that area. And I'm sure you, you, I imagine you go not just within Naperville city limits, but other suburbs as well. Of course, you mentioned, uh, the hour long drive to the other suburb. Um, so you're, you're obviously working um, a lot of different areas, but yeah, what would be go, if, go anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, which by the way, another mark of a great real estate agent willing to do the work, uh, no matter if it's in their backyard or, or outside. Um, but if somebody is interested in working with you, a buyer, a seller, a renter, an investor, uh, who's looking for a top agent, um, what, what's the best way they should reach out to you? Um, I have one phone number, it's my cell phone number, 630-207-7001. Great, and so what's your email address email as well? Me. Yeah. Penny. O'Brien, O-B-R-I-E-N, at BairdWarner.com. And I want to remind everyone, go ahead, I'm sorry. You can find me on Zillow, too. Yes, look up her, she has great reviews on Zillow. Uh, look up Penny O'Brien, she's easy to find. And follow her on Instagram. You can find her at Penny O'Brien underscore BW for Baird Warner, BW Realtor. So Penny O'Brien underscore BW Realtor. Find her on Facebook. She's super easy. Just just put type in Penny O'Brien. She pops right up. Um, Penny, thank you so much. I know how busy you are and we really appreciate your time. This was awesome. You provided so much value to our agents. Before we, uh, we sign off, I want to remind everyone who's listening to do two quick things. One, please tell a friend. Think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from having heard this interview with Penny and and send them a link to our show. Uh, we are now the, we believe the most popular podcast in the country for realtors. So send them a link. The easiest way is send them to our website, keepingitrealpod.com, or just go on any podcast app, do a search for Keeping It Real Podcast, we'll pop right up. And the second thing is to please follow us on Facebook. Not only do we do um, these episodes live in, with video on Facebook, so you don't have to wait for us to produce them, but also we find an article online, or we post an article on Facebook that we have found online every single day from a news organization specifically designed to help you grow your business. So we provide nothing but that content there. So please, again, facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. Penny, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I am super excited to continue to watch uh, your growth in the industry and uh, the superstardom that, that is uh, already here for you. So keep up the great work and, and thanks for being part of the show. Thank you, it was fun.